Crystal Waters coming to the ring. Remember Spring Break 24-7. She and Sandy Shore carrying on what Callie Ray started years ago here in WOW. Bringing the fun and the sun to the ring, but also looking to get far in the tag team division. We will see if Spring Break 24-7, Sandy Shore and Crystal Waters can make some headway in the tag division. But right now, Crystal Waters is in there in singles competition against BK Rhythm. But you did this for what? Why not? Why? Why not? <laughs> Why, though? You know, when we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. And this match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Rights and Wrongs, a pro wrestling podcast. This is your host, Mr. Green, and we got episode 41 of WOW Newcomers. That is the primary function here, and you know, I'll be honest with you and say that it is probably not going to take nearly as long as the general reviews would go. Um, this show was, it, it, it was a... Uh, a lot of matches, you know, it was the four matches that we normally get, uh, but it really did not go anywhere. I mean, uh, that that's pretty much the bottom line here. I'm not, and I'm not even saying that the matches were bad or anything like that, because I know some, some people will take what I say and like, oh, I think it's terrible. No, I'm not saying that the matches were bad, but I am saying that the matches are pretty inconsequential. It, like if you missed this show, you didn't miss much. I mean, that, that's pretty well the bottom line. If you didn't catch it, if you happen to be in a region that it was preempted or something like that, because I do believe it was preempted in Philly at least for two Saturdays in a row, um, you didn't miss much. And if you want to go and check out the matches, I mean, you you, walk, you should just pop on over to YouTube and, and look, go to their channel and check out the, the matches that they posted. But... The things that took place in between it, nothing really connected, nothing really jumped off. So uh, rather than to surround this with other wrestling news, i say let's just go off into this because I can save that for next week. <laughs> there are There's uh, news that should be uh, presented, and I, I think it would be better for me and, and probably for the show just to do it. Do it during a maybe a better episode. So here's hoping that the following episode, episode 42, when that comes around, will be a better one. Uh, so this episode, newcomers, it kicks off with a recap of the Mother Truckers winning their main event match and ending with they're saying that that they're here to say this is probably the biggest tie-in to some sort of uh, angle or storyline that we're going to get uh, based in this particular episode. <clears throat> Of course, they got other vignettes and things, but we'll get to those later. Out of the first match or second segment, this is Reina Del Rey and Wrecking Ball taking on our resident job team, Foxy Fierce and Chinchilla Chella. Uh, you know, 
and I don't even mean that as an insult, but that's pretty much what they are. When you see Fox and Fierce and Chinchilla Chella up on the screen, they are largely there to put over the opponent. Again, nothing wrong with that. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody has to do it. And at this point, that was what I wrote down here. They're the official job team of WoW. I do not expect them to be in the running for any sort of championship. I don't expect them to do anything beyond just having the match and trying to make the next person look good. This is a cold match. It is pretty much a glorified squash match. There's, there's no direction here. Nobody spoke. You know, it's just, uh, it, it's just a match for the sake of having a match. Um, <laughs> and I really wish that I had more that, that I could say about it. The other thing that I wrote down here is, that they need to make a decision about what they're going to do with Del Rey because that they have bounced her kind of back and forth from singles to tag to singles to back to tag. Uh, they need to pick a lane with her and stick with it. This uh, this kind of jumping around is is pointless, really. I mean that that's pretty much all I can say for it. It is it is a pointless thing to have. Um, so. This, like I said, glorified squash match. Not a lot happening here. They, they drop uh, Foxy Fierce and pretty much get the pin on her. You know, I don't, I don't know what else I can really add to that. I mean, I, I guess it is worth noting that they're, uh, they have a, a tandem finishing move now. I haven't heard a name for it. Uh, you know, maybe I overlooked it, but... Essentially is this, um, Wrecking Ball seats herself up onto the second ropes and Reina Del Rey comes up over to her and pretty much places her in like electric chair position. She uh, <clears throat> allows Wrecking Ball to get up on her shoulders. Del Rey then walks her out towards the center of the ring and then kind of flops Wrecking Ball down on whomever their given opponent would happen to be at that time, you know, I guess I should give the, the let's get a setup for this 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 whole sequence here, because even though it's a squash match, it, there there was a I guess an order of operations here that that took place. So we can pick up where Foxy Fierce gets the uh, the hot tag, so to speak, and uh, she for a moment she does well. You know, the heat was on Chantella Chella, and she she does well doing. Good to evade uh, Reina Del Rey and uh, what have you. Uh, even gets a nice high cross body off the top rope, but Wrecking Ball comes in and makes the save, stops that. This then sets up for Chantella Chella to return into the ring. So we got all four competitors in there for a moment. Uh, the uh, assumably the heel team here, because we can never really tell. Del Rey and Wrecking Ball go for clotheslines on their respective opponents. Chella is able to duck underneath hers. Fox Fierce wasn't as, as fortunate as she catches a, a nice clothesline from Wrecking Ball who pretty much just drives her down to the mat with the clothesline that she got. Chella ducks underneath uh, Del Rey's clothesline, but then she catches herself on the rope so she doesn't rebound, which only allows Del Rey to turn around and then clothesline her out of the ring. Of course, now this sets up for the finish that I just explained to you momentarily. She gets, uh, I mean, I shouldn't say momentarily, that I just explained to you a little while ago. Um, 
She gets Wrecking Ball up on her shoulders, walks her out, boom, drops her on top of Foxy Fears. One, two, three, the match is over with. And there we go. I mean, that that's pretty much all there was to that. Uh, we go from this. I should also mention that they, they have a pinning combination that, that would seem completely illegal. I mean, Wrecking Ball and Del Rey are pretty much laying on top of Foxy Fears collectively, and then they, you know, the referee counts anyway. So I guess it's not illegal in the Wild Universe. Who knows? Maybe we'll hear about that later on and when it's conveniently brought up against some heel team that they don't want to win. Uh, so we, we move on to the next segment, which is basically another Lana Star Fabulous Four segment that she talks about, you know, or I should say the segment talks about her owning all the titles and uh, they preview the next matches going into that. They talk about new tag teams de- debuting. But the problem that we have here is that the new tag team that they're talking about is debuting in singles competition. This is something that um, WoW has done since they debuted they, they the entire promotion in 2001. For whatever reasons, they, they have this, this thing about, you know, we can have a tag team and they would just debut them in singles matches. I, I, I didn't get it then and I don't get it now. It just seems silly. You know, it seems, it seems silly and it seems ridiculous. And I'm like, why are you talking up the fact that they're in a team to begin with if I'm just seeing them in singles competition? So the team that they're talking about is Spring Break 24-7, which is apparently the team of Crystal Waters and Sandy Shore, both of which will be wrestling in the show, although not together. Again, silly. Um... And they also talk this up like the team is, uh, I guess, endorsed by Callie Ray. They're like, yeah, Callie, you know, friends of Callie Ray introduced them to, you know, introduced them to WOW or, you know, something along those lines. Uh, This is um, another moment of why. What, what purpose does Calorie, I mean, what significance, I should say, does Calorie even serve at this point? It's been weeks. First of all, I don't even know that she's on the, the show at all. She hasn't been there, and I don't know if there's any plans for her to pop in and like, all right, here, here I am, guys. Um, Some of you out there probably don't even know who I'm talking about. Because she hasn't been brought up, she hasn't been seen. It, it the name is thrown around every once in a while when it's convenient, or I guess, as I just said, in their universe, having Calorie endorse um, the, the, this team, I, I guess the spiritual successors of their Baywatch knockoff team, the, uh, the Beach Patrol. So Spring Break 24-7 is the team, but endorsed by Callie Ray, a person who was probably on all of three or four episodes of WoW in total since, what are we on now? I guess technically they're on season uh, uh, eight. Um, but season seven, 
where she would have been. Uh, most of these weren't even did not even air anywhere. They they, <laughs> although produced and recorded probably in in uh, 2019, they didn't air until 2020. In fact, yeah, that that was when I saw Cali Reyes when I went through the entire season of their unreleased episode. So if you did not go out of your way to look at it on CWC or Pluto TV, you probably have zero idea of who they're talking about when they even bring up Callie Ray. And again, she's no longer associated with the company. So why? Why bother? What's this for? What, what, what does this even mean that Callie Ray, somebody who isn't there, and probably vaguely remembered is a shining endorsement of Crystal Waters, who is singularly debuting as though she's part of a tag team. So she is debuting against BK Rhythm. Now, BK is, um, I guess they pretty much figured out her spot in this, this company. She is not doing anything. If there's a, a, a person in here that is just stagnant and really not there for any other purposes other than to provide a match is BK Rhythm. And I like BK Rhythm. More, more specifically, I like Killer Kate. That is her name when she's on the independence. I don't dislike BK Rhythm all you know, because it's it's not that far cry from Killer Kate, although, you know, I don't recall her ever popping out and Cutting a rhyme on some, you know, dropping bars on somebody before the match starts, even though she's not, you know, overwhelmingly good at it. I, you know, most people that hear it, especially those that, that listen to rap on a regular basis, don't particularly uh, embrace it. But uh, she seems as if she, she's got her position, her position being when we have someone new here, We'll put her in the ring with BK Rhythm, and then she can have a match with him and, by and large, lose. Except for today. You know, for whatever reason, that just that didn't happen. They went against the grain of what they normally do, uh, at least with BK Rhythm. Although, although, they did what I expect them to do with uh, a new face. New faces come on here for whatever reason you gotta lose, and and this is this was no different. They had somebody come in here that they didn't really know, and then they had to come in and lose. Surprise! So you've got the beginning of the match. Rhythm does the same thing that she would normally do. She she does her Jane Cena gimmick, and I only use that because I heard somebody say it and I thought it was funny. But uh, yeah, they, they uh, the, the, she does her Jane Cena gimmick. She cuts cuts a little rhyme on a uh, on Crystal Waters, who does not do or say anything. We we still don't know anything about her because no one, or very few people, cut any promos or introduce themselves to talk about themselves unless they're doing it in some sort of long, intricate, drawn out vignette that tells us about every bit of trauma that they had in their life. Uh. uh this is another pretty to the point match. Does not go anywhere, and BK Rhythm wins with a with a mic check. I, I really don't even know what else to say about this match beyond that. Beyond that, uh, it's fine. 
it could be entertaining enough, but you know, when I gauge these shows, I'm gauging it on the entirety of the show and and showing the whole, whether it's going somewhere, whether it's leading to something, whether it's doing something important, and and none of those things are happening. It's just it's just BK Rob. I mean, even if they if they were having cold matches, having having a little verbal exchange at the beginning might might offer up something. But there's there's really nothing here. It's, it's, it's just here's Crystal Waters and here's BK Rhythm and BK Rhythm wins and that that's it. She she pops her in her mic drop when she gets in that full Nelson. She she stopped whatever offense that Crystal Waters is going to do by stomping on her foot, hooks her into a full Nelson, hoists her up, and does her spin drop face first, which is her mic drop. And one two three, we're done. Uh, is there, there, that, that was nothing. It was, it was nothing happening there, and then we just moved on. At this point, I, I really was questioning where this show was going. I, I really did. Uh, this leads off into the sixth segment of the show. This is a backstage vignette with Ariel Sky, the new, another new face. That's the whole theme of this program, except for. The first match, uh, Ariel Sky and Randy Rara form Team Spirit. Why? Just because. You know, they, they, I will say that they at least led into it a, a couple of weeks prior with Randy Rara just, you know, making the random statement of, hey, you know, I think we should have a team or something like that. Well, apparently, them walking in on Ariel Sky was good enough to form a team because, uh, Ra Ra goes into their ooh ooh ooh. How about her? You know she's she's acting like a kid. Uh, this basically implies that this team was kind of randomly put together, even though the team has already got like an entrance video. So I mean, how random could it be? So we got this, and they they're put together for no other reason than Ariel Sky happened to be in their locker room which was addressed by Coach Campanelli. And she has some gymnastics background. And it was like, all right, well, you know, team spirit. I mean, it's the area sky almost had no say-so in there. It's like, all right, you're part of the team now. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it was a little bit more conversation than that, but it's not like she thought about it or, you know, debate. You know, it, it was – it was almost as if it was presented as this was entirely Coach Campanelli's decision and Eris Guy had very little to do with it, even though she was being invited into this team. But in a kayfabe universe, I mean, just, just walk with me for a second. We've got this team of Randy Rara and Coach Campanelli, which for all intents and purposes has been a successful team. They won the tag team championships. Granted, they lost it back to the same team, but they won the tag team championships. When they lost it back, they basically transitioned over into a a different feud. They won those matches. They won the the overall feud with uh, Samantha Smart and her charges. The team works, so I'm not entirely sure with the idea of, hey, coach, we should get another person in the in the team. They've been successful, so why, you know, why would you mess up the formula here? And again, I'm talking about this in the kayfabe universe, 
But for what reason would you add a, a separate person? Why? There's no. There's really no reason to do that. But they did it, and we we've got a new team now. It's now Team Spirit because Coach Campanelli likes the song from 30 years ago. Smells like Team Spirit. I'm sure that song existed before she was born, or or perhaps the year that she was born. But I'm, I know she has no firsthand experience with it, so I can only put this on the uh, in the hands of the writers that decided that they wanted her to have that song or, or have that name based on that song. Uh, I also wrote that this episode is poor so far. Matches are fine, but the episode is poor. We go to the next segment. Lana Starr handpicks opponents for next week for the Fabulous Four. Uh, this is supposedly handpicks, and we're and and we're supposed to also find out who this is that will be picked next week. Now, this is what they say in their own show. We're supposed to find out who this opponent is next week on Wow. That was the. Uh, that cliffhanger, I guess, so to speak. That that was the tease that was supposed to get you to come back and watch the show the following week. That did not happen, but we will get to that momentarily. Next match, Genesis and Ice Cold versus the newly formed team of Team Spirit, Ariel Sky and Randy Rara, which Coach Campanelli on the outside as the manager. I have highlighted why is this team formed. But I've answered my own question with that because I'm sure, like I said, it was just a matter of we got somebody else here. We need to put them somewhere. I wonder if this is going to lead to something. Now, we've gone weeks and weeks and months even of Randy Rara basically playing the and I'm not talking about the performer mind you I'm talking about the persona Randy Rara so I you know don't be taking offense to this Randy Rara wherever you are out there in the world but she basically plays the idiot to coach Campanelli's straight person here or the or the leader she is Lou Costello to to her bud Abbott that is old reference look it up kids if you have no idea what I'm talking about or uh, or a more modern re- reference, and even this one's old. She would, she would be the Marlon Wayans to Sean. So you know, it, it's she's she's just there to be the 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 comic relief <laughs> to whatever Campanelli is doing. And and with that, now we've added Ariel Sky, who also appears to have the IQ of a brick. So rather than having the classic comedy duo of ad, of Abbott and Costello, now we've collected them into the athletic three stooges. So we've we've Campanelli now assumes the role as Mo, and Ariel Sky and Randy Rara can individually be Larry and Curly or Curly Joe or Joe Bessa, whichever, or Shimp, whichever incarnation of the stooges that you prefer. Uh the match was fine I, I again you know the the matches did not seem uh bad although there did seem to be one portion of this that came a bit out of place from Ariel Sky uh when the tag goes out for exile to transition 
ice cold out and Genesis in. And she does her matrix move to dodge the um the punch in the face, we'll we'll say. Because it could have been a clothesline, could have been a punch, who knows? But when she does that and she gets the advantage on Genesis, she does a hot tag. And it seems like really, really, really early to do a hot tag. She wasn't even in danger. But she, you know, the, the hot tag being when you, you stand there, you kind of leap across to your your partner because you, you've been desperately trying to make it to them for all this time. I mean, But she really didn't even have to do that. She was in it in control. But she did it anyway, which I think, you know, and this is just me, uh, it feels like that takes something off of the match or the moment at least when you actually do have to have a hot tag, which she had to have later on. But I think that's a little bit of the psychology of the match that was kind of, that was not buried. What am I looking for? It it, it wasn't utilized. It's it would have been better served if that was a one-time thing that you're going to leap across the ring to try to make this tag from nowhere because you're in trouble rather than I'm going to leap across the ring or that's just my standard tag. Uh, okay, so there was a couple of rough spots in the match. You know, there, there was a few, but I also expect that given the experience level of most of the people in here, uh, <clears throat> the members of Exile probably have less than a year experience. I know Ariel Sky is probably less than a year also. Uh, probably just a couple of months if we're, if we're really going to be honest. And if, if Exile do not wrestle anywhere else beyond the wild, then they have less than you know a year. They, they probably have got what they, they do marathon tapers about three, three days at a time. So they, they probably legitimately have um, – Two weeks within the within the course of the year that they have match experience, so it, it, I I really doubt that they are overwhelmingly experienced just because of match time. The, you know, now I will put out the disclaimer because I don't want to put this off because before anybody's like, ah, oh, you said that like it was fact. No, this I cannot prove. I am running the numbers. Because they do these shows about once in every three months or so. They're always about three or four days, well, about about two to three days worth of tapings. So if you figure that, and you figure they've gone through the entirety of the year already, and probably three to four tapings so far, yeah, that's about two weeks. About two weeks worth of actual in-ring experience between the members of Exile, and yes, I will include Ice Cold in that because, you know, why not? She's hanging around a team. She might as well be a part of it. Uh, let's fast forward towards the the finish of the match because there's not a lot that's going on here. This is the closest that this show has to an ongoing uh, angle or issue. And it's largely just built on Coach Campanelli and her insistence that they listen to Coach. Outside of that, I mean, there's really not not much there, but this is the closest. So we get towards the end, and we've got the exile was pretty much taking control of of uh, Ariel Sky until she, lo and behold, manages to break herself free. 
They tried to do some like swing deal where she, she being Ariel Sky, was able to flip through and land on her feet, give both her opponents elbows, and then she leaped across for the hot tag. Now it's bad enough that the matches are like five and six minutes long, but you know when you do take something off of the hot tag again when you've done the hot tag already. So she did the hot tag. Didn't really get a response from it because it already took place. But now we got Ra-Ra in. Ra-Ra's doing the cleanup deal. She's taking care of, of the uh, the heel team. And we will also fast forward out of that because Ra-Ra did a good job here. I mean, look, we're, we're certainly not going to doubt or uh, discount anyone's athleticism. You know, she does the flips. She does the cartwheels, does the fort rolls. She's... You know, she seems to do well, in, you know, in, in ring-wise, but <clears throat> it's just lack of personality, and, and we won't go into those things right now. Needless to say, somewhere in the course of the match, we've got Campanelli yelling at them to instructions. Ice, not Ice, Ice Cold and uh, Genesis are in trouble with all four members in because Ra-Ra and, and Aries Scott do take, a, take control of the match at this point. And they're getting ready to do something, but Campanelli's outside yelling at him, saying, go do this. Neither one of them know what they're talking about, and it's, and it's visually very clear that they don't know what they're talking about because they got the lines crossed. So we've got a double distraction roll-up by their own manager as she's hollering out instructions to them. Both Ice Cold and Genesis roll up their respective opponents, and they get the pins. So we got a clean win from the heels because of the manager of the babyfaces. This uh, is fine. Uh, I, I just hope that it leads to something. We've had Campanelli be pretty much a jerk to, to her own partner for weeks now, again, months. Uh, so I would hope that this actually plays into something or it goes somewhere, although I really doubt it. I, I, you know, I've, I've lost faith that WoW will have the means, the ability, or the drive, or the want to make that go anywhere. I think they just like having this goofy comedy duo, now goofy comedy trio. So we will see. If they do go somewhere with it, it'd be great. I mean, the, the logical path would be Campanelli turning on them and find their own partner, then starting up a feud with Team Spirit. But can we really think that expect that they're going to do that? Do we really expect them to go that way? I don't know. So they lose. This ends with Campanelli giving them a stern talking to at the end of the, the match. Them being ice, I mean, the ice cold, Ariel Sky and Randy Rara. Uh, this, this is a, uh, a promo that is essentially built to let them know and the audience know that, hey, I'm in charge here, guys. Listen to me and you do what you, you know, and we'll win. Y'all didn't win because you didn't listen to Coach, which, of course, in reality, they didn't win because they did listen to Coach. They didn't know what Coach was talking about. She was essentially confusing. Uh, the, the story here, I guess, if we're going to talk about it in, in terms of what they did physically, uh, would be that, 
Campanelli cost her own team. She they were in control, team spirit, and she stuck her nose in it. Assumably to try to remain important and show that her value to the team, but we don't know that. We'll find out. So they end that and then they do the uh the whole okay, put it in here, guys. Everybody puts their hands in there. One, two, three, and they say team spirit, she says coach, and she's like, Oh yeah, 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 we'll work on that. So they are laying out the ego of coach, but will the ego of coach go anywhere? Because we've seen the ego of coach for a long time and it has not transitioned into anything yet. So who knows? We we will stay tuned, I guess, and we will see. Uh Following this, we got another Lana Star Vicky Lynn segment, and this is pro. This is prepping the video for Vicky Lynn. This is all basically repeat. Lana Star has to go. You got to go through Vicky Lynn to get what you want. Blah 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 blah. Nothing new here. Or and, and you know, and this is basically telling you about Vicky Lynn in another upcoming promo about Vicky Lynn. So, so you got a segment which is telling you that this is coming up, telling you the things that she's going to say within that segment. So we, we will go to the next segment, which I want to say visually, very nicely done. It was vignettes on Selena Majors and Vicky Lynn McCoy. Now, I do not want to make it sound like I didn't appreciate the segment specifically on Selena Majors. It was very nicely done. It, it recapped her career under the constraints that WoW has. Because I know they don't have footage of her as Bambi, even though they acknowledge her as as Bambi in her early career. Um, My only question is that what purpose did this serve? I... It, it it was very nice to have. It was it was it showed who she was, but she's really not on the show. And they did explain that she's a backstage and she's a trainer and that that this is what she loves to do now. But I you know without it really relating to something or you know her coming on the show or it acknowledging something backstage, I am not entirely sure why it's there other than to kind of fill time. I it. Well done. It's a well done thing, but it, this is, I, I, it just didn't seem like it had any particular place in the show. It was just, it was just there. It was just kind of there. Uh, it would have been better if it was, if she was introduced as being like a wild legend or, or something along those lines to give it purpose and meaning. Or if they had t- started talking about, hey, look, guys, we're going to, you know, do profiles on, the legends of WoW, some of the, the great names and talents that have been here, both you know, backstage and in the ring or whatever. Uh, but that didn't happen, you know. But that's just my view on it. Let me know what you think. And this is followed by another Vicky Lynn profile. We've seen a Vicky Lynn profile already, and this is just as I said. This is rinse and repeat. It's a good promo, but it is pretty much the same promo that we always hear her do at this point. She does it with intensity. She does it with a lot of fire. She is believable, and I like her. But why are we beating this dead horse? 
if you want to get the title shots, you got to go through me, which has all been clearly proven to be incorrect. But this is what they say, and this is what they have her do. And we will continue on to the main event, which happens to have Vicky Lynn McCord with Lana Starr taking on the other half of Spring Break 24-7 in a singles match. Perfect makes perfect sense to me. Sandy Shore. Uh, again, they announce another team, another brand new team debuting in the WoW, and, and they bring her out in the singles thing, which is stupid. But that's what they do. Lana Star sits down and she does commentary. This is not even a glorified squash match. This is a squash match. And good for Vicky Lynn because she should remain strong. She should be the one that's in there kind of, you know, throwing her weight around. She should be the one that could go through her opponent. She should be the one to beat people up. If she's going to play the, the role of the enforcer of the team, this is what she should be doing. There is really, you know, the running theme here is that there has not really been anything behind these matches that would make you turn around like, oh, man, you got to watch this match or you know, something along those lines. It, it, these are just matches. And if you want to see the match, then I would suggest popping on their YouTube or if you got it on DVR, hey, check it out. But there's nothing here. There's nothing in this match. There was nothing in the match in front of it. There was nothing in the match in front of that. And there certainly wasn't the one in the opening match. These are just matches to fill the hour. And I get the same impression with that vignette on Selena Majors, that it was just something there to fill the hour. Uh, <clears throat> the winner here was never in doubt. There was a hope spot that Sandra Short got off at some point, but she did not do much of anything against Vicky Lynn. This was a, a complete showcase of Vicky Lynn's power and ability. The closest that uh, Short got is that she did catch Vicky Lynn and knee with a dropkick, would put her down, and then got her with a, a face plant, which also opened her up for a close pinfall, <clears throat> but not enough. After she does that, she decides that she's going to get some momentum and charge herself into the rope, she being Sandy Shore. She does, but then Vicky Lynn catches her in that, that spin-out powerbomb, which they called a tornado touchdown, and one, two, three, we're done. Uh, again, where? Why? What is this for? It was, it, it's good to have a squash match, and that's what, that's what we had. It, it, it was good to make Vicky Lynn continue to look better and dominant, but Outside of that, there, there's really not a not a lot of purpose here. I mean, and I think we can agree with that if you if you've seen the, the show. But what happens here is um, after this, Wow advertises Candy Crush as Penelope Pink's opponent. Now remember, about halfway through this show, they told you be sure to tune in next week to see who her opponent is going to be. And then they give that information up at the end of the show anyway. Why and why is it that 
this is Candy Crush getting this shot. Now, keep in mind, two stipulations that the Fabulous Four have drilled and the commentators have drilled into the viewership. One, Lana Starr handpicks the opponents. So I don't know why in a kayfabe universe this would be a thing that she gets to do, but I accept it. What I don't accept is that she would have picked a Candy Crush. Why would she want Candy Crush to get a shot at the championship? Why would she want anybody who's competent to get a shot at the championship if she was allowed and allotted the time and the means to pick her own opponents for her teams or her wrestlers, I should say? For what? Why would you pick this person? It does, that doesn't make sense. And the other side of that doesn't make sense is Candy Crush did not go through Vicky Lynn McCoy at all. This whole nonsense of you've got to beat me now, they beat this into the ground on this show. You've got to go through me if you want to get to them. Obviously, that is not true. Candy Crush is now advertised to be in the main event of this next program as the opponent for Penelope Pink not just her opponent but the opponent in a championship match where where was Vicky Lynn for that where where is she for any of these things that that people challenge Miami Sweet Heat or Penelope Pink where has she been for any of these she hasn't been anywhere this completely contradicts having a heel manager, A, pick your handpicked opponents, and B, the whole I am the wall by which you have to get over, under, or go through in order for you to challenge for these things. It contradicts all of that. It just immediately takes this situation and disproves it, letting you know that it didn't mean anything. That that meant nothing. It's just talk on the microphone. It's just that's that's all it is, and that's all it's going to be. Uh, the show, for the sake of the matches, is fine. As I I do recognize that there's always going to be somebody that is just watching this just for the sake of the matches. However good or bad there is, I'm, I know that. Having attractive young women in tight spandex and colorful clothes, you know, probably has a lot to do with some of their viewership. But uh, <clears throat> but in this case, I mean, I, watching it for the matches, if you are part of that viewership and you just want to see it for the matches, hey, I would say knock yourself out. If you're part of that viewership and you're expecting any of these stipulations to be upheld, if you're part of that viewership and you're expecting these things to kick off an angle or a new storyline, if you're part of that viewership and you're expecting to watch this and see something progress, then uh, I'd skip this show. Just skip it. It is, it is not worth the time or the effort to look at this or go out of your way to look at it. I don't, there's not even a match within the show that I'll say, you know, the, the matches or, or the show itself might be bad, but the matches are good. You should watch this match. I don't even have that. I do not have that. There's no match here that I would like, you know, you should watch this one. 
So if I'm going to give you a suggestion of match, that's why I'm going to tell you to go back a couple of weeks and find the eight-person tag team match that still remains one of my favorite matches and it still remains very fun. Uh, so that is my wow suggestion. If you're going to <coughs> look at that, look up anything as related to wow. Um, also, I don't remember if I said it before, but I'm certainly about to do it now. Another suggestion I'm going to get, and this relates to the main event, is that there is a bull rope match, a bull rope women's match that exists out there. Now, I think I talked about this before, but uh, I think it's worth uh, bringing back up. And that Vicki Lynn McCoy uh, and her independent alternate ego, uh, I believe Kelsey Lynn, is in a a women's bull rope match and if you haven't seen it I'm going to say you probably should it's pretty entertaining and not for nothing but she bled all over the place like Vicky Lynn or Kelsey Lynn gets busted open in this match and she is a freaking mess in this and I think that it would be very entertaining for you to watch or, or more, more importantly if you have not seen this and you have not seen some of these wow ladies wrestle in a match outside of wow it it'll change some of your perspective about them i think so and if it gives you any sort of uh point of reference i will say this that the match in and of itself for uh the the women's bull rope match with uh, kelsey lynn uh, Michael Madrid. That match is about the length of a quarter of the entire Wild Show. And when I say that, because I know some other, well, there's all, there's only one match in that first quarter anyway. That's true, but they also have a lot of fluff. Walking into the ring, you know, some segments, commercial blocks, things like that. Those things all kind of roll into um, their first quarter quarter hour or the first 15 minutes. Uh, this this match, outside of the opening videos and whatnot, this would probably take up a quarter of their show for the length of the match. But certainly worth the watch. So if you have the opportunity... Look up women's bull rope match. Kelsey Lynn versus Micah Madrid for TCW Florida. TCW Florida. That is uh, the video that you can catch. I do not get any sort of endorsement deals or anything like that off of it. So this is not uh, me getting anything from it. I just felt like this is worth sharing. And, uh, especially if you want to feel the difference between what goes on between the uh, wild ladies and sometimes the ladies of the independent circuit and with that i think it is time to say that we have covered this entire show like i said that there was no reason for this to go longer than what it is it just it's just not worth it the show is probably a very very poor d minus I mean, it is it's a passable show but there's not uh, a lot of connectivity in that show uh, versus previous episodes. And I I will say this before I go. 
I fully expect by next week for them to bring up something that happened weeks ago and treat it like, okay, I hope you remember this because the match is coming up next. They need to stop doing that and, and figure out some way to get this relatively consistent and regular. And with that, folks, I am going to call this a an episode because that this episode was so friggin' light. It's nothing, nothing to even really talk about there. So, with that, folks, thank you for tuning in. And uh, please go check out our Facebook at WPN Wrestling. That's WPN Wrestling. You can see uh, <clears throat> whatever's new, what's going on. And if you're trying to branch off and find uh, whatever connections or social platforms that the WPN exists under, well, w- WPN Wrestling is the way to go because all the links should be there. And with that... Folks, this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long, and we will see you on the next go-round. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.